what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game, let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. I am so excited to share about this today as it is right before Christmas and it's also important just as a topic. We're talking about belief lifting today. So I will break this down per use as to where this developed, where this came from, and give you some real life examples so that it can really be something that you can receive and get in your spirit so that you can actually work this out and start practicing this in your own life. Because tis the season of miracles, which really can be all the time if you so choose. So let's make believe. Let's make believe and dive into some belief lifting. Okay, so I just want to start, as this is spirit-filled, real talk after all, in the word, okay? I want to hear what the word says, because right now we're in a time where if we choose to go after it, you can see Christmas lights, and you can go visit Santa, and you can give gifts, and create surprises for people, and bless other people, and be more friendly to your neighbor, and just really be mesmerized by some of the wonder and the magic of this season. You can pursue that. Now, will everybody know? Now, I will also say some people resent this, but the very act of immersing yourself and engulfing yourself and being fully present and showing up to a moment is childlike, right? There's a wonder, there's a, an excitement, there's a presence that a child brings to something when they first experience it, right? When they don't have all of this resistance, when they don't have all of these rules, when they don't have all of these expectations of what it should or it has to be, otherwise they're going to have a temper tantrum and a meltdown, right? A lot of times they approach things from this very pure place of childlike wonder. So I first want to start there. Childlike, if you go into the word, is actually something that God values. It says in Luke 18, 17, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Okay? That is so, so powerful, right? Think about that. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So without presupposing something, without assuming it's going to be some kind of way, without expecting the worst, a child has this innate ability to stay in a place of childlike wonder, okay? And we all have that. It's actually wired into us. It's in our DNA, right? As children of God, that is in our DNA. 
But unless we embrace that part of ourselves that we're often taught and in fact trained to turn off so much so that we don't even imagine anymore, unless we train ourselves and activate that again, we shall not enter into the kingdom of God, right? We're, we're not able to just freely receive things. So even, for example, I was reading and studying in Hosea today, and it's just such a beautiful expression, if you want to do a study there, about God's unfailing love, his mercy, how we can always have a new start in him. Essentially, it's about Hosea, who married Gomer, to really learn his prophetic message to Israel about how unfaithful Israel is. Yet, God is like Hosea. He just keeps showing up. He just keeps pursuing. He just keeps loving. He doesn't turn off his faith. He doesn't turn off his love. He never stops pursuing us. He never stops seeking us. And it is very profound. So I was reading in Hosea, but it was really interesting because it's it's talking about this ability to just simply receive. So for example, our righteous our righteousness is a gift from God. How do we receive it? We we accept the free gift. We don't pretend like we're righteous in our own strength. We accept the free gift from God and then conform or align with, hence my God's vibes matter, alignment. Alignment is constant fine-tuning, constant refining, constant making distinctions and really getting even more clear, even more focused, even more intentional. That's alignment, right? It's holding that frequency of God in yourself so that God's nature can flow in you and through you, right? So how do we receive God's righteousness? We receive it. It is a free gift and we receive it by aligning or conforming to God's will, his perfect will in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions. Okay, but we can't do that if we don't receive. And so the childlike part of that is simply receive. Don't overthink it. Don't make it complicated. Don't assign rules to it. Just show up and simply receive. Show up with this childlike expectant heart and expect God to meet you. Expect God to show up. Expect God to guide you. Expect God to hear you. Expect him to answer, right? Expect goodness and mercy (laughs) and his faithfulness to show up in your life just like a child would, okay? So God values this childlike wonder. Now, when it comes to believing, okay, when I say let's believe, let's create belief. That's what it means. Let's believe, let's create belief, okay? So what the Bible says about this in Hebrews eleven six, you probably have heard this time and time again. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Okay? Not all of us hold this belief. And that actually is detrimental to our well-being. If we, if we believe that God is wicked or evil or just a punisher, right? We have a very different relationship. We're not going to activate faith. Why would we, right? We're going to have more faith in in negativity and wickedness and evil and darkness if we believe that, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. God wants us to be full of faith, to be believers, a believing believer, right? Also says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We can choose life every day. 
<laughs> do we? I don't know, but we can, right? And then Mark eleven twenty four. 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. Is your, is your belief activated when you're praying or are you just saying something hoping for the best? And hope is okay, but faith is different. Faith is this confident expectation. This confident expectation, okay? So God values childlike wonder, childlike faith, and believing. Now, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because we are in a time where people have different opinions about, should we believe in Santa? Should I even tell my kids about that? Should I you know, reveal it to them at a certain age? What do we do? Or, you know, should I, it could come from anything. It could be with Easter. It could be with anything. But but should I put my children down this path of make-believe or is that actually destructive for them? That's often where that comes from. And there can be debate on this night and day, right? Now, here's the thing. Even something as simple as that, can be applied as a metaphor to other areas of your life, okay? So hear me out. So whether this is your business, whether these are relationships that you have in your life, whether this is believing for a certain dream or desire that you have, there could be reasons just like this Santa Claus metaphor about why you shouldn't believe because it might be disappointing if it's not true, if it doesn't work out according to your plan, right? So. One of the reasons why a parent wouldn't tell their child about Santa is to what? To prevent disappointment. So we might as well disappoint them now rather than later. Are you with me? But what does that actually teach? What does that actually train? What does that actually inspire? Okay, so play that out in a different scenario. So a different scenario could be, no, you shouldn't go and study that career because you're, you're not going to have a lucrative lifestyle or you'll never be successful doing that, so you might as well not even pursue it. What is that? That could be a well-meaning parent telling a child that you're not going to go down this path because if I did, I wouldn't be successful. And I know that that would be really disappointing. So rather than investing time, energy, motion, years of your life into this thing, I'm going to tell you this to protect you. But is it really protecting? Just inviting you to think about this, <laughs> right? Or this could be a relationship. You know, relationships are an area where many times people can feel entitled to give you their advice when really and truly no one should give advice unless it's invited, right? May I offer you advice? Would you like my feedback? You can always get permission before you just share an opinion, okay? But at any rate, relationships seem to be an area where people have everything that they think is good, that should be done, shouldn't be done, X, Y, or Z, or because this happened for me, this could happen for you. Because it worked out this way, this is likely what's gonna happen for you. Or because this person's showing up this way and I walked in on this chapter, that means X, Y, or Z. So, <laughs> it can be destructive when you're believing the worst about your relationship. That can actually be the setup for its destruction right there, just the belief or lack thereof alone, okay? 
So whatever the situation might be, I see this a lot when it comes to dreams and desires. I can't do that because I'm not qualified. I can't do that because I don't have the resources. I can't do that because I need to have you know, this degree. I can't do that because I'll never look like this other person that's doing X, Y, or Z. This is all rooted in unbelief. If you dig, if you listen to what's operating behind what is said, what is actually stored up in the heart, it is operating from fear of failure, from fear of not being able to handle success. There's actually a success intolerance, but fear is the root here and unbelief. I don't believe I can. I don't believe I'm enough. I don't believe I'm worthy. I don't believe that this is possible. Okay, so holding all of this up, can you see right here, just from laying this out, how this might be detrimental in every area of your life? It is detrimental for you and it is detrimental for every area of your life. So I just want to offer today, is it so bad to make believe? Make believe means to make belief. It is the power that you have to use this beautiful gift that God has given you called your imagination. You have an imagination that was not random. That wasn't an oops. God gave you an imagination. And when you are a born again believer, you have an anointed imagination. You can dream things with God. These desires that are in your heart, they're not there to tease you, right? And well-meaning people probably thought that they were protecting you and telling you not to believe. But was that really protecting you or was it hurting you? Because if you play it out, what were the consequences? The consequences are the self-critic that you developed in your head that was a bully that often, <laughs> if you listen, sounds like the enemy. Satan is the great deceiver and he wants to kill, steal, and destroy anything about God in your life. <laughs> any joy, any peace, any love, any goodness, any success, any abundance. God, God has given you, really. The enemy wants to kill, to steal, and destroy. How does he do it? Getting you to believe lies. Deceiving you. Right? And this is subtle, but it can take over real quick. Okay? So you can develop a really strong bully in your mind, this negative self-critic when you don't believe. You can become a cynic, right? You can just live a life of self-protection rather than faith. You can not take risks because you think that too much is at stake and it's not going to work. So you see it not working more than you see it working right? I call that future tripping. You, you visualize your future. You use your imagination, whether you admit it or not, but you're using it to visualize the future without God in it. So it's going to be destructive, right? That's what you visualize. So rather than believing whatever is good, lovely, noble, praiseworthy, whatever is magical, whatever is supernatural, whatever can happen if God is involved with you, rather than believing that, you believe lies and you believe things that are destructive and create your own drama in your own movie in your mind, right? So these things can start happening and just play that out for a few years. If you work those muscles, right? If you really build up the unbelief and become an expert and being logical and being intelligent, right? And having a plan and working it all out and leaning on your own understanding and being negative 
and hesitant and judgmental and critical and being a bully to yourself and indirectly a bully to other people, if you work that muscle over and over, day after day, week after week, year after year, who will you become? Try that on for a second. I'm just inviting you to think about it. Is it really a blessing to tell somebody not to believe? Or is that actually one of the greatest gifts that you can give someone starting with yourself? So one of the things that I get to do as a master life coach is that I get to bring life to people (laughs) and I'm obsessed with it. But what does that mean? That means that I have to hold myself to that standard, right? I have to stay connected to the source of life and feed on that connection, live from that connection, let it fuel me, let it give me life so that out of the life that I'm given, I can give from that overflow. So yes, that's in the title of what I get to do. And that is amazing. It's an impeccable standard to hold yourself to and train in every day. And it is training, but you get to enjoy the process, which is the most beautiful thing. But the other part of what I do and spend a majority of my time doing is believing. I get to believe, right? So imagine if you have a life coach in your life that brings at least 90% belief to the table for you. Is it likely that you could bring 10%? It almost always happens. (laughs) In fact, I would venture to say, at least when I've coached, it always happens. When I show up and I bring my belief for what is possible for that person, it activates their belief as well, right? And when I partner with God and I pray, and sometimes he gives me prophetic words that are, they're able to bless these different clients that I'm working with, it is profound, the belief that can be activated and the testimonies that they get to step into. And they get to enjoy the process to the point where they look forward to our calls, right? When when personal development can typically feel like development, like work and pain and really uncomfortable, they actually come to really enjoy looking to the calls. And I truly see my clients as heroes of faith. That's truly how I see them. And it is such an honor and so, so fun. It's such a privilege to to work with them. And what they're able to step into blows my mind. It's just, oh my goodness, it's amazing. So this is something that is human. We all struggle with unbelief, okay? But if you can see how destructive that is for you to engage in unbelief, then you might actually activate your courage and your boldness to believe. Will you be and become a bold believer? Will you activate and train your faith, right? Well, here's what this hinges on. You've got to create some leverage. So as I shared at the top of this podcast, a reason that we don't believe is because we want to avoid disappointment. We want to avoid a letdown. We want to protect ourselves from it not going that way. Rather than extending our faith, stretching our faith, believing all the way through until it happens, rather than that, we would rather not believe at all because it would be too painful to feel disappointment. With me? No matter what it is, whether that's finding out about Santa (laughs) or whether that's, you know, having a a 
job not go, a dream job not not turn out the way you expected to, you know, experiencing a breakup that you never saw coming. These things are all disappointments, right? And I would be lying to you if I told you that life is not full of those. But you can train yourself. And I'm going to talk to through this here in a second here. So for example, here's what I have to say about Santa Claus. My experience was that I was a child that was very much immersed in imagination and make-believe. I grew up in the country, so I'd be climbing trees. I'd be making forts in a mulch pile. (laughs) I had a tree house. I was always running around and using my imagination, right? My stuffed animals had personalities, just the the whole deal. Like my, my imagination was engaged and I was playing from the minute the sun rose until it went down, right? Like if it was already dark outside, I would be begging to stay out there and still play. So I am so grateful that I experienced that in my life because actually later on in my life, uh, many things <laughs> came up where I turned off my belief. It was safer, right? But what I learned growing up prior to that happening was that I became so good at believing because every other choice would be the worst thing. It would be more painful, right? There had to be a better way. There had to be a better outcome. There had to be something else that than what I was experiencing, than this reality that I'm in. There has got to be something better than this. This is not life. This is not why I'm here. This is not what I am meant to be experiencing. But I am going to figure that out, right? Now, without God, that makes for a really rocky journey. Okay, so for example, when it comes to belief, there was one Christmas, I don't even remember the year, but I remember every like intimate detail. We had just come home from church and we came into this good living room, dining room area. And all of the presents were thrown all over the floor. They were not wrapped. And my adoptive mother, who was struggling with alcoholism, stood there and was yelling that there was no such thing as Santa. And that's how we found out. Now, the disappointment of that moment was heavy. But I would tell you, I would much rather believe in Santa than experience how heavy and dark that was. Right? I would rather believe and choose to believe, even if it's make-believe. I would rather work my muscles and get strong in belief than really believing the worst and instilling fear and anxiety into other people. Tracking? So, I turned off a lot of believing for things when it came to disappointments that I experienced when I was pursuing my career when it came to trying to do the right thing or follow the rules or have good behavior or make sure that this person's happy or not cause problems or whatever it might be, I started training myself not to believe in anything (laughs) that brought me life, okay? So I went from this childlike wonder kid running around and dreaming every day to now being shocked, right? For, for many moments, not just this Santa moment, but from many moments like that, that were equally as painful and shocking to, I better protect myself and I better follow the rules because I need to survive. So 
I don't have the luxury of believing like other people might because I just need to survive, right? But ultimately, the belief that I had was that I was going to find a way out of the situation that I was in. That is what I was determined to do. But that did not help me imagine the best. It helped me to always imagine the worst. So that's the root and that's where it came from. So I share that not not to create sympathy because these are things that are resolved and that's why I can share them with you, but to expose the root of where unbelief might've started in your life. Think about that. Where or when did you decide to stop believing? For me, at some point, disappointment after disappointment, I wanted to avoid those disappointments. So I figured if I could just control enough things, if I could just control enough variables, like how I perform in school, how I perform in athletics, right? What I express, what I don't, if I can just control that and just keep it under locks, right? Or not express myself, then I can get through this safely. Okay. And that's how I rationalize as a child, right? Now (laughs) that's, that self-protection, that need to keep myself safe actually became the hindrance to me believing and using my imagination and thriving, okay? When I trained myself to do that over and over and over again, whether that played out in different areas of my life, that impacted me in every area of my life in the negative, okay? Now, did I still take big risks, but only to a point? I took huge risks, but I still didn't believe in the outcome, I was still, there was still some part of me, even subconsciously, that was believing that this couldn't be possible, okay? So what I do for a living now is believe, right, for the impossible. That is my job. And I, I believe and I've become an example of what is possible. All the things that were impossible in my life, I've now made possible. Not in my own strength or might. God has done that. That's my testimony, but it came from believing, okay? So I had to get to a point where, and I'm sharing this because I want you to think about when in your life did you stop believing? And it's likely that you connected it to not wanting to feel disappointment. So I bring that up on purpose because in order to create belief, in order to make believe, we have to step into belief lifting, okay? And belief lifting is all about deciding that you are willing to feel disappointment. It's going to happen, but it's not the end of the world. Will it feel uncomfortable? Will it be disappointing? Will it be heavy sometimes? Yes, but that's when you lift your belief and you don't let the disappointment take you out. You build your faith. You work your faith muscle. You build your belief. Okay, so that was a five-pound disappointment. (laughs) That was a 10-pound disappointment. That was definitely a 50 right? But you build your belief muscle to overcome your disappointment. And ultimately, your belief in your faith will stretch. That muscle will get stronger and you'll go after and do exploits like it tells us in Daniel, right? We are here to do exploits for ourselves and other people, okay? But you're not going to unlock that if your imagination and your power to believe is not activated. And you can work your belief muscles. You can do belief lifting every single day. How do I know this? Because every single day you do doubt lifting, (laughs) shame lifting, unbelief lifting, negativity lifting, offense lifting, nosy lifting, (laughs) jealousy lifting. We lift a whole lot every day. But is it what you really want to lift to emerge stronger, clear, unstoppable, 
You're not going to emerge that way and evolve that way if you're not embodying it. So what I want to offer you today, yes, there can be traumatic and devastating things that have happened that have caused you to want to self-protect, that have helped you, supported you in believing the lie that to live in unbelief is better and safer. But those things are not true. Those are things that the enemy has done to help torment you and keep you small and keep you stuck. Now, how you get out, you got to unlock your belief. You have to start giving yourself permission to use your imagination. Wouldn't it it be nice if? What is it that I actually desire? When I believed, before I stopped believing, what was in my heart to do? What did I believe that I could do? What did I believe was possible? Who am I surrounding myself with? Am I surrounding myself with believers? (laughs) Or not? Or doubters and haters, right? And that can be disappointing, but that's another weight that you decide to lift your belief with. I'm going to choose to activate my faith. I'm going to choose to believe this vision all the way through until it happens. And that might be years, but wouldn't it be better to believe and enjoy the journey than doubt and live in constant fear, anxiety, criticism, and project that onto other people? Because that happens, right? Whatever is in you ultimately will come out of you. So I just want you to think about that today. Is it really beneficial to somebody when you tell them not to believe? Even yourself. Is that really beneficial in protecting you? Then consider, when did you stop believing? When was it somehow easier for you to just not believe? What disappointment did you let take you out? And it could have been a string of them. Sometimes it's not always one, but it's just not properly lifting your belief through disappointment. And they build and build and build. So eventually you're just done, right? So what disappointments or what disappointments led you to stop believing? And how will you use your precious imagination to start believing, to start leaning into childlike wonder, to start activating these desires of your heart again, to start giving yourself space to believe and to dream with God or to partner with people that do believe so that their testimony can rub off on you. Because we are always moved by people that do believe. A lot of people that have made beautiful, brilliant things in the world have huge belief, right? One that we can often think of is Walt Disney. I remember doing a report on him because it was fascinating as a young person to see all of the failure (laughs) that happened before he was even able to create what we know today as Walt Disneyland and Walt Disney World, right? Literally, all he was doing in the very beginning was drawing a mouse on a piece of paper. He probably looked crazy as ever just drawing a mouse, right? But he had this vision from drawing a mouse, okay? So whenever you think that you're crazy for believing, consider all of these other people that can be heroes of faith, that can be role models. You can even read in the Bible about all of the heroes of the faith, right? But that is a major part of you being strong, healthy, whole, impactful, influential is your belief. So belief lifting is having the awareness that disappointment is part of the journey and giving yourself permission 
to feel disappointment and to feel every emotion, but to keep your belief on. So just because that disappointment happened, that doesn't mean I need to expect the worst. That doesn't mean I need to protect myself. That doesn't mean that I need to shut down my faith, right? That actually means that I now lean in harder. I now level up my focus, right? That might've been a detour, but I'm not gonna take the detour into fear. I'm still gonna lift more faith. I'm gonna lift more belief. I'm going to become stronger than the disappointment through my level of being able to enjoy the journey, to believe the best, to hope for the best in the worst, right? To, to really press into the promises of God that are true in my life and see that all things are working according to the good, right? It's all working according to the good of those that are called of God and love the Lord, right? So I can trust this is working. It's working for me. Life isn't against me. It's working for me. So if I see that, right, I can really get myself into a space to believe. So what I want to encourage you to do, hopefully this is blessing you and and really (laughs) reminding you that belief lifting is a muscle. Just like you renew your mind, that's a muscle. Renewing your belief is something different just than renewing your mind. Sometimes you need to get a new understanding. You need to grow in the wisdom and knowledge of God. You can pursue that, right? But belief is a muscle just like renewing your mind is a muscle and training yourself, right? You train through practice. You train through stretching your faith. You train through deciding to dream again, through deciding to show up for what you do believe is possible. You decide that you are an example of what's possible and you're going to become an example of what's possible in these areas that God has revealed to you. You write the vision and you make it plain and you hold it with belief all the way through until it happens. There's a beautiful verse that says, this is not in the Bible, (laughs) but there's a beautiful quote that says, those who are certain of an outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety, right? Through confidence and patience, there is great gain. That is the Bible, right? So write the vision, make it plain, decide that you're going to believe all the way through knowing full well, yes, disappointment is part of it, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. That's just part of it, which means that I train, I belief lift, I train for this. I prepare for this. Believing is preparing. It's not just taking a lot of massive action, right? Aligned action is more powerful than action that is out of alignment, right? You can't do that if you don't have belief. So you have to create space in your life to believe, to start giving yourself permission to write out the vision and make it plain, to be clear on what your desires and what you do want. Because if you don't do that, you run the risk, right, of of falling prey to whatever the enemy wants to deceive you with, to whatever lies he wants to put in your head, right? So even an example, let's say that you're making massive pros, massive progress in a relationship which in one season looked impossible. Then all of a sudden you have a trigger happen, right? And then your emotions go all over the place. And then all of a sudden you feel like you're back into that place that you were years ago and no growth has happened and this person is the enemy and all this stuff. Do you think that that is true? Wouldn't that be the enemy that would just plant this little lie in your head and see if you're still going to take the bait? Or if you're going to believe what you know is true, and the best about that person, and the best about that relationship, and what's possible for the relationship. 
you're going to reap what you sow, but it starts in your head. Will you dare to believe? Will you belief lift when disappointments and surprises come and things don't go according to your plan? Does that mean the vision is not going to happen? No. And will you still be bold and courageous with your belief? Regardless of what the reality is, regardless of what other people are doing, will you be laser focused on your race and lift your belief? Lift your belief. And if you need help, that's why there are life coaches and and people in the world, mentors, right? A community of believers. There are people that you can surround yourself with too that can help build belief or can share a testimony and speak life over you and encourage you and build up your faith. Encouragement is one of the the gifts that I believe God has given me. It's one of the reasons why I believe that I'm here is to literally pour courage into people. And I've had to go through a lot of things where courage was activated. So in a sense, a lot of times too, as I was reading even this morning in Hosea again, a lot of times prophets have to live their message before they deliver it. <laughs> right? And we're all prophetic in a lot of ways. And I've seen that even in writing. Sometimes I've written books that are, you know, a, a compilation of a lot of life wisdom. And sometimes they're they're prophetic. <laughs> they're speaking to what I'm about to walk through, right? And they're tools to, to get through that. So I just want to encourage you that belief brings so much wonder, so much joy, so much life to your journey. And to shut that off would be suffocating. So I want to challenge you when you think that you should think this way because it's logical or this will protect somebody if I shut down their faith, right? Is it though? Will it though? I just want to challenge you. What might it be like if you chose to believe? Who would you become if you actually practice belief lifting every day as much as you practice squatting and lifting real muscles? Think about that. What might be the influence that you have on other people? What might your testimonies be? What might God be able to do through you? Will you simply believe? It says too, be it unto you according to your faith. So what if life is just giving you the level of your belief? Will you be willing to stretch your faith? Will you be willing to stretch your belief? All right, guys, I hope this message blessed you. I would love to hear testimonies if it did and how this changed your life. Have a miraculous Christmas and I will connect with you next week. Until next time, stay blessed.